Hi guys, good morning. So today is March 11th, which, well, first of all, it means that it's Anna Herring's birthday. That's pretty special. But it also means that this Sunday marks one year of us going to live preaching as a church. That's crazy, right? Britt hasn't been on the screen for a year. It seems like not that long, but we realized it a couple weeks ago. Like, wow, it's been a year, and you guys are still here. Well, some of you are still here. It's, it also marks um, a two-year anniversary of me coming back on staff to lead us in the transition from transitioning from being a campus into being an autonomous church. So this is uh, a Sunday to celebrate some things. Yeah, amen. So we're going to take today to do what we call a mission update. During the first quarter of each year, we try to take a Sunday where we look back at the last year and give what we call a mission update. It's, kind, it's a time for us to kind of take stock and look at the health of the church and look at our missional faithfulness as a church. It's also been a time for us to look back through this process of autonomy and like say where we're at. And today we have some important things to talk about as well. So here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm not going to talk for like over an hour like I usually do, but I am going to talk for like 55 minutes. So it is what it is. I tried to trim it down as much as I could. That is what it is. We're going to take the first half of that to talk about some of the nuts and bolts, some of the business things, some updates, some financial things. Um, And then we'll move into some more personal kind of church things, which, you know, some good stuff that I'm just excited about or whatever. And uh, if you're visiting with us today, this is a weird Sunday to be here, kind of. um, But we're stoked you're here. Glad you're here. And you're going to obviously learn a lot about our church today, but this is not a normal Sunday. Before we get into it, can we just pray. I just want to thank God for his faithfulness over these last couple of years. Lord, there's been a lot of twists and turns and a lot of unknowns over the last couple of years. Um, moments where we just felt like, oh, what's happening? Or what, where are we going to tip over? What's going to happen? And you have been there all along. You have sustained us. You brought us through some fire, some real fire in Ventura as well, and through floods and some real floods, and uh, you brought us into a place of where we just want to say thank you. Thank you for your great faithfulness. Thank you for these people that are before me today. Um, We honor you and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so to start off, some of the nuts and bolts stuff, we're going to start off by giving an update on autonomy. In January 26, two years ago, we announced that Reality Santa Barbara, Ventura, and CARP would be transitioning from sharing everything as one church in three locations, is what we called it, into being three autonomous churches. But we shared then that if there were any areas that would be more beneficial for us to continue sharing or partnering together, then we would do that as partners in the kingdom of God. And so we looked for ways where we could do that. If there was anything that could be what we would call a wing that would help propel us further faster, then we would keep those wings. And at the time, there were three things that seemed like they were more beneficial to continue to partner rather than to be independent. And so we continue to share in those things. And those three things were, we shared in partnership, 
January 26, 2016, we talked about this. We shared in the administrative team. There was a central A team that was based in Carpinteria that served all three churches that handled all of our business and finance stuff. And then there was the global missions stuff. So we all had a heart to reach the unreached together. And we thought, man, we can, we can do this faster, further if we work together in this. And we share vision. We share leadership. We share finances. And we share structure. And then we said, and we think we can still partner together in planting churches. And then in September of this last year, during an update, we talked about how the wing of having a central A team, a central administrative team, had become a weight. It had moved from being a wing to being a weight. It was like we had tried to put the new wine of autonomy into the old wineskin of having a central A team. And like Jesus said would happen, we saw that old wineskin beginning to, to burst. And we shared with you in September then that we would be dissolving that A-team as it currently existed and that each of the three churches would be absorbing the responsibility of handling their own business and operations, finances, stuff. Part of the implications of that is that we obviously weren't going to be contributing to the salaries of the Central A-team then and would be in turn need to hire our own in-house people to do that stuff. Um, so we want to let you know, since we told you that in the fall, we want to let you know that God has provided a couple amazing individuals to take over those responsibilities, and we're super thankful for them. Now, it didn't pan out the way that we thought it would. We thought we would hire one full-time person who would uh, be a full-time business and finance director and also handle HR stuff, and then we'd hire a part-time like staff person, both of these staff positions that would be a bookkeeper. But the way that it's panned out is for us to hire not staff, but rather to contract out these positions to a couple of individuals who happen to be right here at Reality Ventura, who are high caliber, incredible people, and they have been killing it, doing an amazing job, able to work from home, and then just have meetings with the, the staff and elders as is needed. So we've been working with them since uh, December, and it's been fabulous, and they're actually saving us a little bit of money, which is awesome. I'll talk about who those people are and introduce them later. Um, but they're doing an awesome job. Right now, they're still getting some training from the people in Reality Carp, which means that we're paying Reality Carp to do that, and uh, that's going to stop at the end of this month. But by the grace of God, we've moved all of the business and finance stuff over to Reality Ventura, in-house at Reality Ventura. It has been quite the task for the Central 18 to move all this stuff over, but it's all here now. It's been hard, but we're here. We're good. Moving on to global missions— Um, This last November, the elders from all three of the Coastlands Realities, SB, Ventura, CARP, got together to, with the global mission team, to discuss our global partnership. And through the discussion, um, we acknowledged some things. First of all, we acknowledged that we all share this heart and desire to see the unreached people groups, the unreached, reached with the good news of Jesus in the nations. Secondly, we acknowledge that we all love each other and we want to be relationally connected as much as we can. But as much as those things are true, we also acknowledge that the idea of true, equal partnership between three distinctively different autonomous churches who are all at different stages is very challenging to say the least, maybe even impossible. As each church has different needs and desires to move at a different 
pace with global mission. And each church has a different level of priority for reaching the unreached. In short, we recognize that aspects of our partnership that were wings, right, helping us go further faster, were also becoming weights. And it seemed like the writing on the, was on the wall that that kind of partnership that we had dreamed of and hoped for just wasn't possible. But we all went away in November and went back to our own cities and prayed for a few months. And then we got back together last month in February. And as we talked and as we discussed, we all agreed that the best path forward for each church and for the mission of reaching the unreached is going to be for each of the three churches to operate in autonomy as it pertains to global mission and not try to share and partner in that. Once again, we had hoped that the new wine of autonomy would still fit into the old wineskin of being one church in three locations, but the wineskins were bursting. We kind of just foresaw what was going to happen. We didn't want that to happen, the wine to be spilled everywhere, as Jesus talked about. So this is a huge change. Um, The global ministry is a big part of what we do as a church, but we believe that this is right, this is what God is doing, and this is what's going to be most fruitful for the churches, for the missionaries, and for the mission. So moving forward as a team, we will as Reality Ventura, as as a church rather, as Reality Ventura, we will be affirming and possibly adjusting a bit our global vision to make it more so fall in line with who we are as a church. We will be hiring some staff to uh, replace the central global team that was in place serving all the three churches. We will be developing then also unique structures and strategies that are best suited for us as a local church and for our missionaries, our global partners as we call them. And then we will obviously also as a church be overseeing our own global finances instead of dumping all of our, you know, the three different churches into one big pot like we had been. Now, because of our heart that we share with Santa Barbara and Ventura for the unreached, we're going to stay relationally connected, and we're also going to look for ways to not partner, but to network together however we can. For instance, there's a, a team that's going to be going out to the Arab Gulf, led by Garrett who is, and his wife, who are in CART. That team is led by them, but if there's people who are raised up here to go reach the unreached, a place where Jesus has never been even preached in the Arab Gulf— then we want that team to come and network with the, the, the team from CARP and go together. Like, we can join in with that, but we're not going to partner like we have been. Um, it's just not possible to do that. So we're still figuring out the timeline for this transition to fully play out, but it, we've begun the process. Um, what does this mean for our global partners who are out on the field? Well, each of our global partners, that's what we call missionaries. We call them global partners because when you're going to somewhere that's unreached, you can't really use the word missionary because you're going to get arrested or worse if your people know that you're a Christian missionary there. So we call them global partners. Um, what does this mean for our global partners? Well, nothing right now. The way that this works with our global partners is they each have a term. Like we give them like a two-year term or a five-year term where we say, hey, we're committed to you in this way financially, relationally until this point, and then we'll reassess at that time. And so we'll stick through those terms. All of them, their terms are up in the next year, six months. And so we'll, we'll reassess at that time, see where they're at, see where we're at, see if it's still 
fits for us to continue partnering in that way. If not, then we'll adjust there. And if so, then we'll continue doing that. This transition also obviously means that the central global staff that served all three churches is now going to be evolving into something else. Reality Cart may decide to have, uh, keep some of those people on staff in some way, but it's going to be transitioning to something else. They're certainly not going to be serving Reality Ventura anymore. Little side note about that team. They have been absolutely incredible. And if you are a part of the sending team here or a part of our global mission stuff in any way, you know how incredible Amber and Dawn and Garrett and Danny Jack before he left were. I mean, they were absolutely incredible. That is a massive loss in a lot of ways, um, but we believe that God will provide the right people here to, to move that mission forward. But they have done a stellar job. And I, I really think, though the, the system was broke in us trying to, like, serve three churches with one system. Man, they did the best that they could have done with that system. Um, We will, bare minimum, need to hire a global mission coordinator and possibly down the road a director. We have not shared this information yet with our global partners out on the field. So if you have a relationship with them, please wait for a week to share this with them. We have video conference calls scheduled with each of them this week to let them know about this. As far as church planning goes, the other thing that we all partnered together, even as autonomous churches, we were trying to partner together. Through the process of autonomy, like I said, we also thought that we could do this together because uh, we all shared not just the heart, but we were like, yeah, we could share all of our money and each contribute the same percentage from all of our budgets into this and that'll, that'll help it to be really like fluid and everything will be stable and that'll help us to plant church and we thought we could continue to partner in that way. But we have also now deconstructed this as we've realized that once again we were trying to fit the new wine of autonomy into this old wineskin of one church in three locations as it pertained to uh, church planning. So, in order to give each of the three churches full autonomy over their commitment to church planning, we've moved to a model that's more like the rest of the reality churches, where each year we'll look at our budget and we'll look at the needs of the church plants, the new church plants, and then we'll make a decision at that time what we can commit to each year. But since we had already committed to a number for Reality Honolulu, which was our newest church plant, we're just going to continue to... uh, be committed to that through the fall, and then in the fall we'll reassess where Reality Honolulu is at and where, where we're at as a church um, financially, and then make a prayerful decision at that time. But I want to reaffirm here that church planting, planting churches, is a part of what we do as a church, guys. This is part of what it means to be not just in the family of churches of reality, but also to be Reality Ventura. And we will always, in some way, invest as part of the family in planting churches. Now, Reality Carp is like the mama of the family, so she's going to invest a little more money. She's going to spend a little more time. That's awesome. But we are a part of the family, and the way that we plant churches is we do it as a family, and we all sacrifice some stuff and put in some blood, sweat, and tears into that. We need to know that's part of who we are as part of the family. We believe not just in investing in God's mission in Ventura, and not just in the nations, but also through planting churches around our country and in the world. 
So here's what I just explained about autonomy, but in a cute little chart. You saw something like this at last year's update. Um, At the top is the column of where we were as one church in three locations. In the middle is where we thought we would be once we were an autonomous church or what we thought that would look like. And then on the right is what we actually are as an autonomous church. And then those three columns as it pertains to the columns on the left. So as far as mission goes, where we were as one church in three locations was local mission, like in Ventura, was localized here at Ventura. And what, we, what was shared was our global mission and church planning. Now, where we thought we'd be as an autonomous church was that local mission would still be localized, but we would continue to share in global mission and church planning. But where we actually are as an autonomous church is that all of it is localized. All mission is localized. All global, local, and our church planning efforts and decisions are all localized. As it pertains to vision, where we were as one church in three locations was that the ground level vision was localized. Vision for like right here at Reality Ventura was localized. And then the high level vision was shared. Where we thought we'd be is that all of it would be localized. All the vision would be localized. And that is where we are. With finances and expertise, finances are obviously the money. But the expertise is speaking of the staffing expertise. Uh, As one church in three locations, we shared with Reality Carp and SB all finances and all expertise. Where we thought we'd be is that all the finances would be localized, but that we would still share some of the expertise, namely like the A-team doing the business and operations stuff. Where we actually are, though, is that all of it is now localized. All finances and all staff and expertise are in-house localized. With leadership, where we were as one church in three locations, the ground-level leadership was here. Decisions were made right here about Reality Ventura with the team here, localized, but the broad-scale, big-picture leadership was all joining together with the other churches. Where we thought we'd be was that all of this would be localized leadership, both broad-scale and ground-level, and where we are is that all leadership is right here in-house, coming from Reality Ventura. And then with preaching, lastly, where we were as one church in three locations was getting video from Reality Carpinteria. Britt was usually on the screen every week here for the first seven years. Where we thought we would be as an autonomous church is a single preaching pastor here live. But where we actually are, as you know, is a preaching team. And we will talk more about that later. In short, guys, it has been quite the journey and unbelievably, ridiculously complicated and an unbelievable amount of work like so much more than planning new churches. But, guys, Reality Ventura, we are finally, legitimately, in every way, our own autonomous church. And I don't know if that's scary or awesome or both, but we are there, and uh, by the grace of God, man, we, we are here, guys. Uh, it's been... It's been quite, quite the journey, but we are here. Moving on to finances, a little financial update here. Just two questions we like to answer as it pertains to finances. Number one, like to ask and answer the question, how is our giving and generosity at Reality Ventura right now? And secondly, how are we as a church then investing financially in the kingdom? As an FYI, the numbers we're going to look at right now are from fiscal year 2017, which means August 
sorry, September of 2016 through August of 2017, which means that the last seven months or so are not up here. So we're seeing last fiscal year. That's just the way to do it. That's the way that we get the reports. Um, That's the easiest way for us to do it. So we'll be looking at the last fiscal year. So some of this won't be super current. As you know, we went under some big transition in the last year. We're not only transitioning through autonomy and toward autonomy, but last March, one year ago exactly today, we also transitioned from Brit preaching on the video every week to us live preaching and figuring out, like really discovering what that would look like here. And when we made that transition, as was expected, some people left. Uh, For those of you who like numbers, we saw about an 8% decrease in attendance from pre- live preaching when we were doing the video with Brit to post live preaching. Now, most churches experience about a 20% decrease in attendance whenever the, the main preaching pastor is replaced by somebody. And that's honestly what we were expecting. We had talked to many church experts and pastors who had gone through this and churches who had gone through this, and we expected like a 20% decrease. So 8%, I'm super stoked. And what that says about you guys, honestly, is a lot it says that oh, you, you aren't just coming for like the person up here preaching, but you, you, you're part of this church for something bigger than that. But there was some decrease in attendance, 8%, and that obviously affected the giving, right? Less people coming means less people giving. Less people giving means less money. We'll see that uh, in this report. So the total amount given through tithes and offerings in fiscal year 2017 was $1.53 million dollars. Uh, that was a 5%, 5.1% decrease from fiscal year 2016. Is that something to be concerned about? Well, given the fact that there was an 8% decrease in attendance after we stopped doing the video stuff, no, there's not anything to be concerned about. This was a year of transition, and this is part of that transition. So as a church, how are we then financially investing those monies into the kingdom? How did we invest last year, last fiscal year? Put up this pie chart here. Well, first of all, the big number is that we gave, put, sent out rather, $290,000 outside of the church, four church walls, uh, four walls of the church, excuse me. 19.3% of what came in went outside. Um, Now we're going to put up that pie chart. What does this mean? Um, it means that we are in, invested in investing in others. 19.3% of that went out. It also means that we're committed to investing in people. That 53 point, I'm sorry, that 53% of personnel is what we spent on personnel and staffing. Um, that's within the normal range for churches in America. But as you know, we made a bunch of staffing changes in the fall. And so this number is actually quite a bit lower now. It's actually 41% now, which is on the lower side of things as far as like comparing with other churches. But this allows us to begin to think about how we could rebuild um, and gives us some room to rebuild for the future of being an autonomous church. Moving on here, like I said, 19.3% of our budget went to church planning and global mission. That's outside the four walls of the church. Now, this was under the old partnership with partnering with SB and CART. Moving forward, that number is going to change a little bit. It might not be a fixed percentage 
all the time. But, guys, we don't want to ever get to the point where we're so concerned what's happening with what's happening inside the four walls of the church that we don't have any resources to accomplish mission and fuel the work of disciple-making outside the four walls of the church. 11% of the budget went to facilities well within the normal range of churches in America, in case you care. 9% of the budget went to operations. Operations is anything from the youth ministry budget to kids ministry, having to buy new curriculum to replacing a speaker. And then 8% uh, went to events. Some of you have asked if there's a way to get these kinds of reports, like the latest financial report. It's not going to look this good, but yes, there is a way, well, almost a way to get the most current financial reports. As Chad mentioned, we're creating a happenings page on our website that is basically like an electronic bulletin for everything that's going on in reality. At the bottom of that happenings page, there's going to be a link to whatever the most current financial report is. That should be up in the next couple of weeks. So anytime, if you want to see that, whatever, whatever we have as the most updated report will be there. Some of you have also asked about the next door vertical heaven space that we own. The hope and prayer is to be able to build out that space, to be able to actually really utilize it for the kingdom of God. We hope to be able to build some offices in there, like real offices. If you've ever seen our office, it's not even an office, it's a bullpen. Um, then you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and some little meeting rooms for doing like one-on-one stuff. If you've ever come and had a meeting with somebody at the church, you know that we have to use the nurseries to do that. So that, as well as a youth room for high school and a youth room for J-High. And then a small meeting room where we can have women's Bible studies, men's Bible studies, adult Sunday school classes. And then a cafe, coffee, kind of food hangout zone. That is the dream to be able to use that space for that. We're currently using the space the best that we can, but we're limited on what we can do there. Speaking of which, if you think about your church and think about that space, please pray that God would give us favor with the city. We're trying to get a CUP right now, conditional use permit, to just put some drywall on the wall over there because they won't let us put drywall up unless we have a conditional use permit. And then that would also open the doors for us to, hopefully, if God provides, to be able to build that space out. But as you can imagine, it's going to cost one or two million bucks to do that. Last note about finances is that uh, if you gave, give digitally to reality through your bank and you still haven't yet changed the recipient from Reality Carp to Reality Ventura, then your money's still going there. The team at Reality Carp is really good if they like notice, hey, that, that name is from Reality Ventura. They try to like reallocate it here, but there's no guarantee. And it's fine. It's all the kingdom of God. But if you're trying to give to Reality Ventura and you haven't changed the recipient name on there, then you need to do that. Moving on, I'd like to talk about uh, the team here at Reality Ventura, the Reality Ventura team. I'd like to talk about how the team is structured and who is on that team. Uh, this, is, this is where it starts getting just a little bit more fun. You guys doing good still? Okay, good. <clears throat> First of all, uh, the way that the team leadership structure works. Listen, this is important stuff. Like, if you didn't care about any of that other nuts and bolts stuff, you need to know about this. It's important for you to know how the leadership structure of the church you go to, the church you're a part of, works. The way the leadership structure works is, first of all, we believe that Jesus is the senior pastor. Right. Come on, dude. You can clap for that. 
Now, here's why some of you didn't clap. Some of you didn't clap because you think that's just a cute saying that we have. Or like a way for somebody to get off the hook. Or like for us to, wait, for us to try to sound extra spiritual. The reason we use that phrase is because that is what the Bible calls Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is the chief shepherd. You take that word in the Greek, chief, it's a good translation, chief, no problem. An equally good translation, senior, chief, senior, synonymous. The word for shepherd, same word that's translated other places, pastor. Chief shepherd is synonymous with senior pastor. That is not us trying to be cute. That is the truth. Jesus actually is the senior pastor. The Bible says so. And we are submitted to him as under shepherds. This is not our invention. The church is not our experiment or our entity. This is Christ's church. Amen? You will also notice, well, so in light of that, you'll never hear, you won't hear us use that term to describe any person. We believe that is Uh, exclusively a term that is exclusive for Jesus as a title. You'll also notice that we use the term elder most often um, instead of pastor. We might say pastor elder. And if we do use the word pastor, it's because we're trying to be culturally sensitive, and but we're always using it to refer to someone who is an elder. The reason for this is this is also just what the Bible does. Contrary to popular belief and the way that a lot of churches have set this up for whatever reason, is that an elder is not um, an older, wise, successful businessman who's on a, a board at the church who makes financial decisions. A lot of churches have board of elders that do that kind of thing. I don't know where that came from. I don't know why, why we started doing that in America. There's a lot of awesome Christ-centered Bible-teaching churches that do that, but that is not what the Bible talks about as an elder. In the Bible, the elders are the people who shepherd the church, who lead the church, and who teach the church. In the Bible, the noun for pastor, other than one time, it's always used to describe Jesus. As a title, it's always used to refer to Jesus. But our culture has adopted this word pastor and applied it to what the Bible actually calls elders. So, We try to use the title elder when describing this office. And if we use the word pastor, like I said, it is only because we're being culturally sensitive and trying and talking about someone who is actually an elder. So you'll you'll hear us refer to ourselves as elders or— did I just say asses? (laughs) You'll hear us refer to ourselves as elders or pastor elders. And you shouldn't hear us referring to anyone else on staff as a pastor unless they're an elder. The elders at Reality Ventura are myself, Billy Hunter, and Chad Amico. Here's how this works. The elders lead the church in all matters and lead the rest of our team. And we do this, first of all, submitted to Jesus. Like, actually, we, one of the things that I pray most often is I open up praying with the guys and say, Lord, we just remember together that this is your church. Like, Jesus actually is the senior pastor. Now, he has given us stewardship, and so we want to be faithful with that. But as we lead, we lead submitted to Jesus, and we lead in what we call plurality. Plurality means that there is a team of elders that lead together as a team. Now, this is different from a lot of other churches also. Plurality means that we operate more like a team and less dependent on one individual single person. 
Now, operating as a team does not mean that there's no first or chief among the equals. It's both inevitable and good among any group that one person eventually functions as the lead or final buck stopper. We're not saying that that's not true. But the clear model in the New Testament is team leadership in the local church. We call it plurality, without exception. Every time in the New Testament it mentions a government of a local church, the leadership structure is a plurality of elders. Plurality is the way that our staff is run, the way that the team of elders run, and the way that our preaching team works, which I'll talk about in a minute. And on that team, there is what we refer to as a first among equals. There's equals, but there's a first among those equals. The first among equals is not just another way of saying senior pastor. This is not just mean that there's just one guy who calls all the shots and whatever he says goes. I'm the first among equals on that team, but that is not how we operate. There was a team of pastor elders who are led together in making decisions, and there's a first among equals on that team. I, I played football growing up, and I like to use the analogy of football because it helps me think about it. Maybe it helps you too. If you have no idea what football is, then you're not going to have any clue what this means. But you could think of it as a, a quarterback on a team is like the first among equals. Um, the quarterback is looked to as the guy who's going to move the ball down the field. Everybody's expecting him to, to lead the team in moving the ball down the field. But the quarterback also knows, dude, I can't move the ball down the field without the rest of the team. And so I am equally dependent on them as much as they are dependent on me. So though I may be the quarterback on the team, I know my strengths, but I also know my weaknesses. I know that, for instance, I'm not as quick as a receiver. I'm not as strong as a lineman. I'm not as powerful as a running back might be. And so on our team, as much as Chad and Billy would lean on me, I also lean on them. We are all mutually submitted to one another and lean on one another's gifts and anointedness to lead the church. And I don't make any decisions by myself, at least not big ones. We might have, like, I got to pick those lights without talking to anybody. You know what I mean? But big stuff, we don't, we don't make decisions apart from one another. We do that as a team. This is also the way that we approach preaching with a preaching team. Now, because it's been 35 minutes and I still got another 18 or something to go, uh, speaking of preaching, just I need you guys to say something, right? Just to give you a little. Somebody say, preacher, preacher, preach. Okay, I'm just going to need a little bit more from you, though. Somebody say like you mean it. Preacher, preacher, preach. Okay, I'm not going to preach, but speaking of preaching, I want to talk about our preaching team. We have a preaching team, and each person on that team preaches some, and then also contributes to each sermon. Although I lead the preaching team, as you know, I don't preach every week. We don't have one guy who preaches every week, but rather a team of preachers who, on that preaching team, number one, share the preaching responsibilities. That means... That we rotate. That's what part of what it means to be a team is that we share the load. But also being a team means that we collaborate and contribute to every sermon. There is sermon collaboration and contribution. It's not just that we rotate the schedule, but we all also every week contribute in some way to every sermon, whether or not we are preaching. Here's how this works. Because I realize that a lot of us don't, didn't get that this is how we do this. Even one of our worship leaders last week was like, dude, I didn't realize that that's what you guys did. So let me explain how this works. Every Thursday, 
morning, we get together and we have what we call a preaching meeting. We have a preaching meeting every Thursday. And whoever's preaching brings to that preaching meeting their sermon or their outline for their sermon. It might be 95% done. It might be only 50 or 60% done. You might think it's 95% done. And then once you get out of that preaching meeting, you realize, oh, wow, it was only 50% done. And you bring that to the team. And then you present the sermon, basically. You walk that team through the sermon. And we all have a copy of the notes. And as whoever's preaching that week is walking through, we're all making notes, right? And then we go back to the beginning, and we, we go through our notes, starting at page one. And so what we do is we comment, and we contribute. We say things like, hey, dude, this section right here, this is so good. You have to put this sentence on the screen. Or, hey, this right here, I was conf- it was confusing to me. I, know, I think I know what you're trying to say, but this needs to be hashed out. Let's hash it out right now and work on the language for this. Or, hey, oh my gosh, there's the best illustration to illustrate that, this story that I heard. Or there's the best passage of scripture to go along that. I'm thinking of that one passage and such and such. That's the kind of stuff that we contribute and uh, collaborate on in those sermons. And then what happens, what you hear on Sunday is a joint effort. It's like co-writing a song. We co-write the sermon. I may show up with 90% of the sermon done or 95%, but those last 5 to 10% are like what make it go and just lock in to place. Somebody asked recently, man, I don't understand how it feels so cohesive on Sundays. From teaching to teaching, it just feels like it flows together, even though it's different people preaching every week. Well, that is due largely in part to the fact that we meet every week as a preaching team, and we're staying on the same page with one another, talking about this week's passage, next week's passage, last week's passage, where we came from, where we're going to. So on that, at those preaching meetings every week, are myself, Billy, Zach, Chad, and a lot of times Kevin, our, our youth guy. And the way the preaching schedule is broken up is that I preach on average twice a month. Billy and Zach both preach uh, about once a month, and Chad preaches about every 10 weeks. Now I would like to introduce, uh, via pictures, um, our team of people who are leading at Reality Ventura. This is not the preaching team. This is the team, staff, and the like who are leading at Reality Ventura. First of all, as you know, we had to make some staffing changes this last year. Jill, who was our kids' ministry coordinator, resigned, and I talked to her this week, and she said the season's been, had some challenges for sure, but she's really enjoying her free schedule. She's getting to nanny a couple of kids. She's loving not having to work on weekends and being able to be with her man at home, Mike, on the weekends. And this fall, we also, uh, we, we had to let Sean Faye go um, in response to us needing to right-size the staff for the new season of autonomy that we were in. Sean's good. You probably see him around here on Sunday mornings. He gets up at the crack of dawn, still sets up the parking lot, and comes to our prayer meetings. Uh, Sean was able to go back to his old job, which was a massive godsend. And then you should know, if you don't, somebody said this the other week. They were like, is Paulo okay? I haven't seen him. (laughs) And we were like, yeah. I mean, he doesn't live here, but... If you don't know, on Paulo's sabbatical last summer, uh, him and his wife Michelle just felt this crazy, spirit, like out of the blue, rather, call from God to move to Hawaii and invest there in the kingdom of God there. And so in January, they moved. They're on the north shore of Oahu, and he's serving as the executive pastor at a church called The Mission. They're doing awesome. Little side note. Don't tell Paulo I said this, but 
If you've ever been to Hawaii, you know there's like a thing called Hawaii times, Hawaii culture. People are like late and whatever, right? Nobody wears shirts, board shorts everywhere. So we had like a business meeting that Paula was helping us out with a few weeks ago. And uh, he texts us two minutes before the meeting and he says, Hey, dude, I'm sorry. I'm going to be five minutes late. We're like, all right, no big deal. Five minutes. Twenty minutes later, (laughs) this dude shows up on Skype, no shirt, (laughs) with a bag of mango, just... For our business meeting, we were like, wow, dude, you took four weeks to, like, adopt the culture. He's good. <sighs> so there have, though, been some changes with staff over the last year, but the individuals that I'm about to introduce are the team that is right now leading at Reality Ventura. I'll start with the elders. This is me. <laughs> And uh, my title is vision, Pastor of Vision and Worship Life. That means that I, I, I lead in vision for the church and lead the staff in that, and then um, oversee the cultural and spiritual, have the cultural and spiritual oversight of the worship life of the church. So our Sunday gatherings, uh, the preaching team, our corporate prayer meetings, and uh, musical worship. And then every ministry that's not led by an elder has an elder that's over that ministry. This Uh, is a way for the elders to provide support for the rest of the team members and also keeps the channels of communication open for the elders to be able to speak into those other ministries. So for me, I'm an elder over the young adults, which is led by Zach and Megan Schellerberger, and elder over business and finance. Next up is Chad Amico. Everybody say, woo, Chad. Chad leads the marriage ministry at the church. That's the stuff that does the dinner at the Doe's and this thing we talked about on Sunday nights uh, with the oneness thing for couples. And he also leads the Sunday prayer teams, which are the teams that uh, are up here on Sunday mornings. And Chad is an elder over women's ministry led by Kelly and Leanne and Radical Recovery led by Tino and Chrissy. Next up is Billy Hunter. Everybody say, hey, Billy. Billy is also a pastor elder. He leads our men's ministry, and he leads our community groups and all of the community group leaders. Uh, He is the elder over kids ministry led by Anna Herring and youth um, led by Kevin Castaneda. And then moving on, Anna Herring, who, happy birthday, Anna. Anna is our kids director, which means that she leads the kids ministry as well as coordinates all of our volunteers for kids ministry. Kevin Castaneda is our youth director. He leads both our high school and our J-High youth groups. P.S., if you have not signed up your kids for camp, you need to do that ASAP, like today. Elena Buffin. Elena is our youth and ministry assistant, which means that she assists Kevin in youth stuffs and helps the rest of us get stuff done. Leanne, Suji, and Kelly Amico. Kelly Miko on the left, Leanne Suji on the right, our women's ministry co-directors, and they do an absolutely fabulous job at what they do. They're also the only people on the team who do not get paid, so they deserve a little bit of extra love and probably extra crowns in heaven. But I'm just saying, I don't know, I don't think they're in here right now, but I'm just saying, if you felt like taking them out to dinner or on a shopping spree, or like a night away at the Ojai Valley Inn. I 100% support that. John Hughes, 
As our acting finance director, I mentioned uh, at the beginning that as we dissolved the central A-team that was serving all three churches, that we have contracted out those A-team responsibilities to a couple of incredible individuals who are right here at Reality Ventura. John Hughes is one of those independent contractors, and he is the acting finance director. Another one of those is Chrissy Hirsch, who is, we're contracting out as an independent contractor, and she's doing all the bookkeeping and killing it. Fong Lin is also not up here, but um, Fong, who used to be a part of the Central A team, has moved to Hawaii also, and uh, she's doing some HR stuff for us on a project basis just as we need it. And we will soon add to this team, as was mentioned earlier, some kind of global staff member or members to replace, although it's kind of irreplaceable, to replace the central global team that was leading and uh, serving all three churches. And if God wills at some point, we have another little short list of several other things that we just think would be, we see as needed, some of them more than others. One of them being a part-time person who could oversee the other business operations that don't fall under the scope of John, Chrissy, or Fong. There is also a board of directors. On that board is myself, Tyler Morgan, who's an elder at Reality Carp, and Don Tucker, who is a part of our body here. Uh, the state of California requires us as a nonprofit organization to have a board of directors. The board, though, does not lead the church in fiscal or spiritual matters. The Bible gives that responsibility to the elders of the church. But we do ask the board on occasion to ad- advise us and counsel us as is needed. And we do ask them to act as an auxiliary finance team for making financial decisions when there is a conflict of interest among the elders. And they have been awesome in doing that this last nine months or so since we formed the board. So this is our team. That's our team right there. And, uh, and we're all submitted to Jesus, the senior pastor who's in the middle. You can't see his face because nobody really knows what Jesus looks like. But uh, doing our best to faithfully lead Christ, I mean lead the church, serve Christ and his church. And uh, this is the team that God's put together right now for this season where we are looking forward, we are moving forward, we are beginning to build as an autonomous church. Speaking of moving forward and beginning to build. Everybody put their hands in the air. Give a high five to the person next to you and say, beginning to build. All right. As a team... We feel like after a long, very full, pretty complicated couple of years that we are finally starting to feel like we're at the beginning of like <sighs> exhaling and finally setting in, settling in. There have been so many changes, as you know, from being a campus to becoming an autonomous church. And then internally, there was a lot of changes with staff changes and moving to live preaching before we would and trying to figure out what that would look like in discovering this thing that we had never even heard of before called team preaching. And then the A-team dissolved. And now the, the mission stuff has changed. There's been a lot of change. And so we've had to regroup. But finally, as a team, we're beginning to feel like we're starting to get in and like catch some stride here. Here's a good way for us to think about this. And I think that you, we should think about this like this as a church. A new foundation had to be laid. I got 10 minutes, so bear with me. Thank you for sticking in there. 
a new foundation had to be laid here at Reality Ventura. Just like you can't put new wine into old wineskins or else the wineskins will burst and the wine will be spilled everywhere. We could not put the new wine of autonomy into the old wineskins of one church in three locations. We tried. We tried it with the A-team. We tried it with church planning. We tried it with global missions. We saw the wineskins beginning to burst. In the same way, you can't build an autonomous church on a foundation that was laid for one church in three locations. It's just, there's different needs there. It's a different foundation that needs to be laid. Now, you might be able to salvage some stuff and repurpose some stuff from that old foundation, which we have done, but you really need to deconstruct before you can reconstruct, and that's what the last two years have been. Deconstructing the old building and foundation of one church in three locations and reconstructing a new foundation for three autonomous churches. And we started with only really knowing one thing about the foundation, that Jesus was the chief cornerstone. Back in the day when they built with stones, the first stone that would be laid was the cornerstone. And from that cornerstone, everything else would go. They, it's like all the other, the, the direction, the, the size, all of it got its cue from the cornerstone. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. That's what we've known for sure. And over the last two years, more stones have been put into place starting from Jesus. And that's how we've tried to build this from. And some of those building blocks, so to speak, have been leadership and vision. That was an important building block of this foundation. Discovering what the leadership structure would look like among the elders. Discovering who would take on that role as the first among equals. And then discovering identity as an autonomous church. And then there was the building block of the preaching ministry as we discovered God's plan for moving us from video sermons to live preaching and through team preaching. These two were huge, important stones in that foundation. And then the A-team being dissolved and repurposing that, replacing the old A-team with local independent contractors, a big part of that foundation. You guys, you have been a big part of that foundation. You who stayed, um, the people leaving, that changed the foundation. Other people coming, that's been an important part of the foundation. A new financial reality was a building block there. As we moved into autonomy, uh, knowing where we're at financially, which was different than us sharing resources and finances with two other churches, has been a vital element to knowing what that foundation looks like. And then last month, deconstructing the global mission approach was like the last big stone, the big block that was kind of put into place. Like, okay, this autonomous global mission, this is like the last kind of big thing that is being put into place here. And if we could be so bold as to say, it seems like that really is the case, that the last couple of blocks are being like slid into place as we have finally got to the point where we can really think about building as Reality Ventura, not the campus, but the church and discover what that building looks like. This is an exciting time, guys, exciting time to be a part of Reality Ventura. And for those of you who have been at Reality Ventura for over two years, and especially those of you who've been here like three, four plus, guys, you have persevered through the hardest season of this campus now church. There were some really hard times, and for some of us, it was a lot harder than others. But you guys didn't throw in the towel. 
when things were confusing, when things were changing, when there was discord, when there was more questions than there were answers, you guys stuck it out. You guys did not give up and you did not lose heart. Seems like you've kept your eyes on what was bigger, someone who was higher. And even though it would have been easier to look at the circumstances or to stop pressing in, you guys didn't. You kept pressing in. I feel like this verse describes you. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Seen that in you guys. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, I see this in you. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And guys, I just want to say as a brother in Christ as one of the, and as one of the pastor elders here, thank you. Thank you for your example of fixing your eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. And hoping not in the plans of man, but rather hoping and trusting in the faithfulness of God and looking not to the giftedness of men, but rather to the presence and power of God. There were at least a couple of years there where like stuff was really hard and not everybody stuck it out. And honestly, a lot of them for good reason, but you guys are still here. You endured. I feel like we've made it to the other side. We've made it through. We've made it to the other side. And honestly, if you guys are still here after through all this, like you're probably not going anywhere, at least not for a while. So praise God. Praise God that we are here and he is with us. God is moving in powerful ways. Peter wrote something to the churches in the Roman Empire who are really going through it. And I think his word to them is a word also for us today. He said, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you've suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power and glory forever. Amen. He says, God will himself restore you and make you strong. The, the NASB says that he will himself perfect and confirm you. I think God has done and is doing this in us. He has perfected. Literally, the word in the Greek doesn't mean to make perfect. It means to bring into its proper fit. That's what this word means, to bring into its proper fit, like a, a stone being slid into place in a foundation. I remember hearing from so many of you in, you know, prior to a couple of years ago, like, dude, what are we as a church? Like, what, are we a church? Are we a campus? Are we a child? Are we a stepchild? Are we a redheaded stepchild? And who's leading? Like, is Britt leading? Because I love Britt, but he's not here. And is, who's, who's going to preach? Is it Britt? He's not here preaching. He doesn't know us, but I love him. But who's here? What are we, right? There was a lot of that going on. And it just feels like God is bringing us into our perfect fit. He is sliding in the last stones in that foundation. And he is also strengthening and placing us on a firm foundation in a time the last couple of years that felt just like, ah, are we going to make it? What's going to happen after feeling like the wind was knocked out of us? We couldn't barely stand up. And I just see God placing us on a firm foundation. There's finally some like stability. As I was preparing for this update this last week, I was like, Holy cow, man, over the last two years of all the updates I got, have given, this is the first time I haven't had diarrhea all week. <laughs> like, there was, 
There's nothing to like be all nervous about or like, oh, I don't know, Bill, we still haven't found the guy yet or oh, autonomy's hard or oh, we've got to take Brit off the screen or oh, we've got to lay, you know, lay staff off. It was like, that's all good stuff. It's like awesome, man. 